Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast. This is a place where truth is shared, taboos are disrupted, secrets are revealed, and power is gained. I'm your host, Danny Temras, and it is my personal mission to empower women in becoming the best version of themselves. Each week, I'm bringing you inspiring guests to help you build your confidence and mental toughness so that you can live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the next episode of the Fearless Warrior Podcast. This is Danny Tamras, your host, where it's my role to uncover winning strategies of successful entrepreneurs, athletes, business professionals to help you build your confidence and mental toughness. My guest for today's show is Miran Serderevich, a professional soccer player all the way from Norway. Miran has played for a number of teams in Norway and Sweden, and most recently he's been coaching young athletes not only to improve their craft, but also to build their mental toughness through sports. In this episode, Miran and I talk about winning strategies for teams, what makes champions great, his path of turning pro, mental resilience, the power of visualization, and so much more. I'm very excited for you to hear Miran and learn about his life's philosophy. Please listen carefully and take notes. If you love what you hear, please share this episode with your friends and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. This makes a huge difference in helping others find this show more easily. Additionally, don't forget to sign up for my weekly newsletter on daniellatemras.com so that you never miss a new episode. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Miran, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast, Danielle. It means a lot. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to have you. How are you doing, Miran? You know what? I'm doing I'm doing really well. Obviously, these times are very challenging for all of us, speaking specifically of the COVID-19. Now, it's taken a, quite a big toll on all of us because uh, obviously the world has stopped. And we're not used to this. This is something new for all of us. And obviously it's going to be challenging when we are not faced uh, this challenge beforehand, but you see life goes on and you cannot fall behind or you can't stop either. So you know what? I'm doing fine. I'm doing really fine. I've been reflecting and uh, always have to keep a positive mindset. That's how I feel. That's how I, that's how I keep myself going during this time. But um, what other choice do I have? I love it. I love the warrior spirit already coming straight from the get-go. To answer your question, well, there is always a choice, right? But you choose to be positive over being negative, right? So you you choose to be stronger and not to let the circumstances define you. So that's what I'm hearing from the initial comment that you that you gave. And, and I'm glad that you're doing well. So to get us started, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, about you and uh, or help our listeners get to know you and how, how you got to football. That's such a great question. The reason it's such a great question is because while I play football or soccer, in the, how would you say it, I did not start off having that as my first interest now what i mean by that is when i was a little kid the first sport that i was aware of was basketball and 
it was very fun to do so. But now in Norway, basketball is not uh, the most popular sport or the most used sport. It's not as it's not as used as handball or soccer or golf or whatever. So basketball is not very popular here in my country. But I played it for fun. Now after I began at school, that's where I kind of opened up to it even more because I saw my friends were there, and I said to myself, "Why not give it a chance?" So I started playing soccer when I was five years old. So it's quite a long time that I've been playing now. And to be honest, I feel myself in this sport as well. Nice. What about football makes you come alive? That too is a, a great question because sometimes I'm asking myself, why soccer? Why football? Because there are so many other sports that I'm very interested in, like, for instance, basketball. And just a little fun fact, I play golf too. So it's an individual sport as well. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, so why did I choose soccer? Now, the interesting part is as older I get, but also when I reflect back in my life, the one thing that really gave me pleasure as a player, but also as a person is working as a unit, like a team. Because one man can obviously win the game it's so crazy to do something well but in the long term alone is not enough we have seen this throughout history now such great athletes entrepreneurs directors you name it all kinds of people they start something great they have something to to create the momentum but but in the end you need people around you and the thing that I loved about soccer is that, yes, I felt that I could make an impact while playing, but I couldn't do it without my teammates. But seeing my teammates do well and the fact that we are achieving victories and championships together, like when I see, if I can back up my teammate right next to him, if he falls down and I'm right there to get him right back up, you know, that, that gives me energy. It's just the, the family chemistry of having being a unit. Like we go all as one, like a fist, and just go penetrate everything that is in front of you. That fires me because your ego can get you far, but it won't take you all the way. So you need to put your ego aside and include everyone else if you're going to win in the end. And that's how I resonate myself. That's how I see myself in this sport. This is why I am playing the sport. Like I just see more me and more as a team player rather than an individualist doing things by myself. I love it. So you hinted on the advantage of playing as a team or the fact that you're a unit, right? Which can really be the thing that carries you to the championship. So from your experience, can you tell us like, what has been some of the key factors that have helped you win or as a, as a team, like what has made you strong as a unit? This is such a complex question that you just <laughs> asked me. <laughs> but you see, that is the beauty of it because there is no just one answer to it. It is several. Now, sometimes something extraordinary, something incredible 
it cannot be explained. And in this sense, explaining how I managed to succeed as a team is sometimes actually almost impossible to explain. Now, there are some key factors, though, that I always had in mind all my life as a team player, but also as a team player outside the pitch with my friends or with my family or my allies. It really doesn't matter, just principles of it. Each factor that I'm going to mention now, there's no factor there's more important than the other. Like here, every single factor and point is equally important, just to make that clear. And I'll start off with my fundamental factor that almost starts everything in terms of the chemistry in the team, and that is communication. That is beyond vital factor. You need to make clear for your team what your goal is and your targets during the season. You need to make it clear how each individual in your unit thinks. Because some can have different ideas and thoughts than the others. Now, that doesn't mean that we all have to agree on one thing, but we need to get on a, a platform or a place where we can, no matter how what we think and feel, at least we'll go together as one. We can disagree on one things, but at least if we're going to put in the action into it, at least we are together on that one. So communication, knowing what your targets and goals is, is fundamental. That is basically the GPS on your team that will guide you towards your goals. That is the way that you will make a clear path mentally for everyone to know what to do once they step out on the pitch. So communication is the first factor. Now, as I said beforehand, this is a complex question. So there's plenty of factors. I provided you the first one. So, so I mentioned the communication. Now, moving on to the second on the list. And this has to be included and initiated by everyone in the unit. And that is the willpower. You want to go as a unit. You need to show your will to go on and do your job on the pitch. Because once there's a guy who does not show passion or the will to do what that person has to what has to do is in terms of their job then it's already a challenge the will has to be there and the will of that person has to come from within your teammates can go as you can only go as far as they can in terms of motivating and giving inspiration but the desire to want to go as a unit has to come from within. That's why communication is such a vital thing to communicate with each individual to discuss what their needs are, what their thoughts are, and how they think of in that particular instance. 
third thing that I also has have had in my mind for so long to make sure that we go as a unit is awareness or mindfulness at what we do. It is so important, Daniela, because things are not going to always go in your way like you want to. But for you to have an open mind, to know that bad times can come, bad moments during a game can occur, but it's not about what happens during that time or why it happened. The question is, what do you do with it? And this goes not just in sports, but even better example, in life. Everyone will come into situations that are, that is not in their control. It doesn't mean that you want to be there, but it, it will happen. But you see, then you have choices, like we mentioned in the beginning of this talk. Do you crumble? Or do you put in the action to do something with it? So in my instance, since I play soccer, if the opponent scores against us, what choices do we have now? The negative one is obviously start yelling at each other, telling, why the hell did you do that? How could you, how could you do this? How could you make that mistake? Start basically just downgrading the team from within our minds, and, we, and then we'll go show on the outcome by that you will play even more bad, or just accept the fact that, okay, we screwed up now. Let's move on. Go again. That is such a vital thing. And you can look at the best of the best in this world who are prime examples of this. I like to use my idols as examples of this. And I'll provide to you right now, one of my biggest ones are Tiger Woods. He was excellent in swinging and doing, drive, doing driving, you know, putting in the walls. He's also had more bad shots than his successes. Now, it's what he did after he hit the first bad shot. That's what makes him a winner. That's how he won his those championships. Is how he got out of those bad moments where he hit bad golf shots. Because it's not all about having great games, great this and great that. It's actually more about what happens when you get knocked down. And as a team, it will happen constantly. So if a guy makes a mistake, personally, I don't give a damn if he makes mistakes or plenty of mistakes because mistakes are the bricks to create the huge building that you want. It's simple as that. How can you know something without trying it? And how can you be good at it if you haven't practice it enough so it's gonna lead to one thing you will screw up but the fact that we have twisted that word in such a negative way it's no wonder why there are people who is not willing to put themselves out there to go after their dreams and their goals whatever they want because the simple fact that people taking failure or mistakes as something awfully negative. 
but the fact is actually disguised as something great because once you do a mistake, you just learn something new. And so that's why as a team player, when I was a captain or if I'm not a captain, if I see a guy make a mistake, I don't care because he tried his best. He doesn't want to do mistakes, but it happens. But I have a choice now. Do I trash talk him? Get so far into his head that he loses his mind and basically just gets worse and worse throughout the game? Or do I tell him, don't worry, keep going, just keep going, do not stop? Two totally different things. And this leads to me to mention to all of this how we need to be impeccable with our words. Because what we say to others really has an impact. That is why communication is so freaking vital. If you want to succeed as a unit and as an individual. But we are 11 players on that pitch. One man can't do without the other 10. The striker needs the midfielders and the defense to make him score the goals. The defense players need the strikers to be the first defense of, on the line. It's all as one. And I could go on and on in terms of each factor, but so far as a team, first, having the communication in the team, having the willpower to work as a team, and having mindfulness. Those three are core fundamentals if you want to have a unit to work together and go on. Then you can speak of, you know, obviously hard work, dedication, focus, calm. There's so many other factors that, that can be put in into the team. You know, everyone has to work hard. Everyone has to be dedicated. But I provided things that help me succeed as a player but also as a coach since I coach kids and these are the things that is vital for me to for them to know how they can go on and improve both as players but also as persons you know the kids may hate me at times because they know where they have me the word they know where they have me they know where the boundaries are they know that once I blow the whistle, we're on. We're practicing now. I'll be your biggest supporter if you do something is something well. But I'll also be the first one to tell you if you're doing something that is not okay. Everyone is and are supposed to make mistakes. But I cannot accept someone showing disrespect to the team, but also show disrespect to themselves. That's not all about. You know, everyone can have a bad period, but it all starts from within to make the change for yourself and then out on the team. Everyone is equally as important. Someone can have something gifted that will help, help the team. That's why all around us has to help that person take out those gifts. Because we cannot always do things by our own. 
by ourselves. So that's my mentality so far that I've had and that made me successful both as a soccer player right now and also as a coach. Thank you so much. This was such an incredible answer to this loaded question. And I loved everything that you brought to the table from the communication being your GPS for the team, having the willpower and wanting to achieve the goals that you want to achieve as a team and having the mindfulness and awareness so that you can learn from setbacks and mistakes and then have empathy. I think that empathy was a lot what you talked about when the setbacks happen. You can let a situation define your next step or you can just say, okay, just carry on, carry on and do your best and do not stop. I think that is so much part of your mentality and who you are. Do not stop, like being unstoppable. I know that's something you shared with me before. I also really appreciate how you brought the implication of some of the qualities that you develop in sports or playing soccer and, and even like other disciplines and how that applies to your life. So I'm really curious about your most recent work with children and how you see soccer really being such a fundamental influence in their life, you know, how they can apply their learnings into, you know, what they um, go and do next later on. Can you talk more about that? Kids, first of all, is something special. I don't have kids, but I coach them. I truly start to really understand why parents are saying that having kids is something extraordinary, something that's impossible to describe the pleasure of it. And you know what? It is true because you see life in them. You see the energy that we were just like them in the beginning. Now, that is why I want to continue on using that to let them continue be kids as they grow up as well. And what I mean by that is not necessarily that when we grow up that we just gonna be, you know, play around and, you know, be acting like, it's not about that. It's just about when you're a kid, you don't care about what other people say. You just do it. <laughs> like it's, it's, I, it's funny when I say this because it's true because I have moments and memories when I was a kid that I just did what I wanted to do. We didn't go around thinking, what if, what, like, what's going to happen if I do this? What if, what's going to happen if I do that? We were kids. We didn't have the mindset that we have right now to think logically. We just did it. And that is one of my components that I try to still let the kids use, but also as they grow up to keep that still alive because as older we get, Obviously, our mind is getting more sharp. We are starting to think more. We're getting more mature. But you see, it depends on how you look at it. It can kind of be like a trap because now responsibilities comes in. Now you have tasks to do. You have education that is on you. You have jobs. You have an upcoming family as you grow older. So you have all these thoughts that is coming you know, into your mind that is getting rid of the most precious and also the only thing we have in this moment, and that is present. And kids are, in my humble opinion, are all about present. Once they are having fun, they don't 
if they don't care, they don't even know what's going on around them. Sometimes maybe they don't even know what the weather is. Like it can go in that extreme as well. <laughs> you know, it's visual because as kids, they are all about action, action, and action. No thinking, just action. That's why kids are so happy. That's why the first seven years are the most important as a child because those are the seven years where you're programming your mind. Now, we have a duty to implement good values, good principles, good fundamental thoughts that will help them in their lives. We cannot get rid of the only thing we humans have each second and each breath that we have, and that is the present moment. Because the past does not exist. The future doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is what me and you are talking in this moment. That is the only thing that exists. And kids are the living examples of that. So that is why when I coach the kids, I implement mindfulness and communications with them. Because now... When we're going to play games, we talk as a team. I tell them what our goals are. I talk to the kids. What do you think? Where do you want to play? What do you think? Do we need to change something? I let each and every one of them tell what's in their mind and use every piece of information to create a weapon that we will use in our pursuits to wick victory. And keep in having an open mind, mindfulness that things can come along during the way that has not been expected, like mistakes or a bad period during a game. But you see, once you have clarity on your communication or what you want, attach to it the willpower to do so and having an open mind that anything can happen, but reminding yourself what your goal is Daniela, that is present. That is mm -hmm. presence. That is here and now. Because once the referee blows the whistles to start the game, each player knows what, what they need to do. They, are having, they have their job. They know what to do when they are in their own positions. They know what to do when we have corners. They know what they have to do. They are now concentrated And when you're concentrated, you're focused. And when you're focused, you are living in the moment. And that's how winners keep on winning. Because no matter how difficult or how tough someone can be on you, no one can stop someone or a team who knows where they want to be. If you have to crawl, you'll crawl. If you're going to run the extra mile, they'll run the extra mile. That is why communication, willpower, and mindfulness are associated. When you put all those three together, you're now in the present. You know what you need to do. You have the will, and you're open and you know anything can happen in any moment because when you have an open mind you have awareness which means 
when your awareness, you're now aware of everything that's going on. You're aware of your own actions. You are aware of what's going on with your team. You are aware where your teammates are. You are aware what they are doing because as the rest of the team, you're all focused on one thing. Work together as a unit to victory. Wow, I've got literally goosebumps. You just described it so well. And I think you gave all the listeners such an insider scoop on how champions think and how they actually win. There are so many things you touched on. I really like what you said about, about the kids and how they are more present than maybe so many adults out there. And the reason why they're so happy is because they're enjoying themselves. They're having a good time. They are taking the action, the bold action that we as adults, we need to actually push ourselves to do because we learn somehow to become afraid or too concerned about different things. So that was a great learning point you mentioned there. But also what I noticed from what you described in terms of your coaching style, it seems that you really make feel uh, kids or you make kids feel important and you uh, let them know that they have a stake at the table. They are actually active participants in the strategy of winning in that game or that, let's say, task that you tell them to pursue. So they are more bought in to participate also and, and to pay attention to what you have to teach them, which is very important. So often we just tell kids what to do, but we don't really listen. And I think that is really like one of the biggest mistakes we can make. And I'm not a parent either, but I know how critical it is to show respect and pay respect to kids or, or to people of any kind, no matter of their size, age, and you talking about the presence and how you stay present. That was just incredible. It's straight from my heart because I notice I have been doing this for a while now and I see what it happens if you don't stay clear on your message to kids, if you don't lead your kids. The kids have obviously, their job is to have fun. But there's a reason why we are the parents. There's a reason why we are adults. And because we do have the guidance and the knowledge that will help them. But you see, then again, the kids need us, but we need the kids as well. Because we were just like them and they're living through what the millions upon millions in this world wants in this moment. And that's peace with themselves, the presence. Because too many people live in the past. They live in the future. Always thinking about, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Oh, why did I do it? No. What's happened, happened. The future has not arrived yet. The only thing you have is right here, right now. What you do now is going to create the future that you want. What happened, happened. But you can all, the only time when you have to look back is in a critic point of view to what you can learn from it. But to stay in the past and feel bad about yourself, you're not doing yourself any favor. It's unfortunate how many people struggle with this. But then again, you know, we can't blame everyone right here as well because we have a lot of responsibilities. We have a lot of to think on. Now, to think is a blessing too. Like we can think to our to our answers. We can think, see patterns. So we need 
our mind that we have right now because that's how we see solutions to everything. But at the same time, we need to be in control to when to think and when not to think. We don't need to think all the time because when we make mistakes, you made a mistake because you tried something new. Now, to hold on to the thought of why I did this, how can you, that is waste of time. And unfortunately, people are still have trouble dealing with this. But then again, we all have those moments and we will still have those moments. But if we can manage to be more tough on ourselves and be more kind to ourselves, knowing that we are all humans, We're, we, just, we will make mistakes. There's no point of beating ourselves up. If we manage to be aware of what we did and to see our mistakes in a different point of view, that's where you come far in life. That's how you win in life. Pain and adversity is inevitable. It will happen. Your next move is not. That is on you. Your next move is just about you. You are going to choose if you're going to do something or if you're going to just let it be. If you let it be, then it will get worse for you. But if you do something, it will still may hurt, but you will get through it. Because life is not easy at all. If it was easy or if something that everyone wanted was easy, everyone would do it. That is why winning is hard in life at whatever you do. But as long as you keep your foot on the pedal, keep your mind straight, and know that mistakes are a part of your journey, that's winning. Sometimes the win that you want is not always just the destination or what you want physically on your hands or mentally or whatever it is. Sometimes it's simply just a journey because we will grow, grow old. We don't have a limited time on this earth. And that is why we need to enjoy our moment that we have on this planet earth. It's not easy because like I said, we have so much on our plate in an everyday basis. But if we manage to do what we need to do, but as we do what we do, try to put your mind and your soul and your mind into this moment and what you do. And that's how you stay in the present. That's how you will do a good job. And that's how you stay happy. And when you're now not doing your job or task or whatever and just simply having a time for yourself or enjoying with your family or being with friends or whatever, it applies there too. When you're with your friends, when you're with your kids, when you're having fun, presence here and now. That's the only thing we have. The past is behind. Our eyes are created to look forward, not back. We're created to see forward. What's next? Here and now. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. But this moment that you have is guaranteed because you're living in it right now. Wow, Miran. I love it. The power of presence. That's the only thing we have. Miran, like you're so mature in how you look at life and your resilience, your 
winning mindset, what has helped you become the person you are today? Wow. Wow. You know what? Life. Experiences. I've been fortunate to have 22 years so far in my life. But it doesn't mean it went smoothly. It had humps. It had highs. It had lows. Now, obviously, I was born in Norway, but my parents came to Norway as refugees. And just that alone, because, yeah, because of war in the former Yugoslavia, because my parents are, are Bosnians. Just by knowing that simple fact that when I, when I was born in Norway, I understood at a later point in my life how already my life were going to be different than the others. Growing up in a total different culture, totally different mindset, totally different people than how it is down in Balkan. Everything new. But I was a kid. I didn't think of those things. I was in a moment, like everyone else. But as I start to grow older, everything is showing straight in front of me how my past was. And you see, the one thing that each of the, the successful people we have throughout history how all, what all of them have something in common is that they are different. They are unique. They stand out. They're separating themselves from the crowd. Me, since I was not a Norwegian kid, born like with Norwegian blood or a Nordic man, I was different growing up from the rest. I had passion for many things. Some people didn't have. I had different mindset. The others didn't have. So when you have a kid that separates himself from the rest, that kid becomes unknown. I was unknown for many. And that could lead me and had led me to be kind of the outsider, you know, be not being included in some areas in life. Now, that doesn't mean that they treated me bad or didn't have me on a team, but it's just that they wouldn't understand me. And for someone who knows where they want to go, and for those who don't want, knows where they're going to want, what they want in life, or where they want to go, they simply just cannot understand the person who is separating themselves. It's just simple fact. And what made me win throughout life is the simple fact that I chose to be different. I chose to be the separation from the rest. I chose to be a predator, not the prey. It's a simple mindset what I just told you, but it tells a whole story. Everyone fears the predators. Everyone wants to take down predators. But you see, it's a reason why they're feared. It's a reason why predators are always remembered. It's a reason why lions 
wolves, you name it. These dangerous animals are famous and will for always be remembered throughout history for their nature because they take what's theirs and what they want. They go for it. They work for it. And when I, and since you're a kid, you don't understand some of those things. And as you grow old, once you start thinking about it, it can be difficult at times because now you're understanding why some people may not talk to you, may not include you to some things. Not just because they don't like you, it's just that they don't see you in their group. And it does make you feel alone. It makes you lonely. I have been lonely for years now. Not alone in the sense that, no, that everyone hated me or something like that, but the simple fact that they don't share my mindset and they don't see themselves to be with guys like me. But that doesn't mean that they hated me or despised me. No, it's not about that. But the fact that I knew what I wanted made me stand alone. And you need to work for what you want. And predators usually go by themselves. That is why preys usually are in packs. There are many of them because they don't want to be alone. They don't want to stand alone. When you see a lion go for the prey, you can see 15 zebras. Sometimes he will fail. Sometimes he will succeed. But no matter what the outcome is, he will keep going. And I like to use life as general as my metaphor on this as well. You can use nature for this to be as an example. You can use everyday items, what, anything possible that you know that exists in this world as example. And my favorite is the moon. When it's dark, the moon stands out. It's visible for everyone. Be the moon. That's how you win. I choose to stand out, but not to be among the crowd. It's the most difficult thing you can do in life because you will be questioned. You will be misunderstood. You will get haters. You will see that sometimes that some of the people you thought that were sporting you weren't actually your friends. Because sometimes can, people can simply envy you because you have something that they want. Or you manage to do something where they failed at. Because you showed more willpower and took the chance to stand alone and go for your dreams. But in the end, once you win, it doesn't matter if someone hates you or not. The respect will be there. Michael Jordan is, without question, my greatest idol of all time. He separated himself so well that he has become universal. Everyone knows, once they see the Air Jordan brand, they all know who that is. Everyone knows who he is. He separated himself by going 
alone at, at his own dreams. He took the chance and look at him now. It's the same goes with the rest of the successful, successful people. But winning is a complex thing. There are so many factors that is needed to win. But the simple fact that you need to know that the path to your own greatness is lonely and will become lonely because no one will ever understand and truly know what you have gone through to be where you want to be and be where you're at right now. Wow, this is so deep. I'm actually taking notes as we speak, and there's just so much that you shared with us and so much wisdom. And uh, I appreciate you for sharing your story of origin and how your life has been shaped, right, from the early beginnings when your family came to Norway. And I can imagine that must have been a, a whole another journey to start life in a new country without any family support and learning all the differences about the culture, what's acceptable, what not, what are the new norms and all of that, right? And then while while you're at it, forming your identity, who you are and being okay, being different, or not just okay, but owning that and pursuing your own path. So I want to talk more about that. So, right, you found your passion in, in football, well, you also like so many different sports. So tell us, how did you make your way to the Pro Football League? This was actually my last, my third last year in high school. And this was my year where I contacted an agent who could help me to get there to the pro ranks. And you see, this comes back to be the separator, to be to stand out. Now, in Norway, when you're having your last year of the 13th year of the, of the obligation school that you need to go to finish, they have a one month of celebration. Now, I did not do that because I simply chose to stay focused on the month that I had to be because I was supposed to be in London in 2017 of, in August. And, the la and obviously the month where they celebrated was in May. So I had May, June, and July to prepare myself for the August month. And to answer the question in terms of how I managed to become pro is I became pro by simply saying one thing to myself. I am coming pro. Now, why did I say that? You see, our curiosity is truly our biggest weapon if we use it correctly. And that's why I invested my time to understand the human mind, what makes us humans. The, why is our mind our greatest asset, but sometimes it can be something that we can use against us. Like how do the most successful people in the world become successful, but the rest of the billions don't? What is the reason behind that? So I've been investing my time so much into this. And since I was a kid too, like in my teenage years, because like it, it, it fascinated me. As I said earlier on, the first idol I had was Michael Jordan. And he is obviously, in my humble opinion, the greatest of all time. So then I start asking questions. How did he become the greatest of all time? Because once I read 
that he was just actually just normal as anyone else in terms of his physical aspects. That means it was something about his mentality then. But what made him become who he is? So I've been investing my time. So I'm studying and studying and studying. And then as more as I study, I see more and more of the answers now. And I use this example to everyone who I talk to in terms of mental coaching. The mind does not know the difference between what's real and what's not. It is such a fascinating and brutal truth. Why is that a brutal truth? Because how many times have we said to ourselves, I can't do this. I'm so ugly. No, you know, I can't do it. How many times have we done this to ourselves? How many times have we doubted ourselves? And once we do that, it just it gets even worse. But how many times have we said to ourselves, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go win. Come on, let's. We can do this. And look at what happens straight after. Usually, results come. The mind simply does not know the difference, what's real, what's not. Which leads me to a, such a vital thing, a vital sentence. You need to choose your words carefully. Because once you choose your words, your words has now come out of your mouth. And your words are pure energy. But that energy that you just told to yourself and to the others is now put into your mind. Specifically, your subconscious mind. When you visualize, you're using the same part of your brain as you're using at this moment listening to this podcast. When you're holding your phone right now, and now that you're seeing it, if you can hold your phone right now, and you see your phone in your hand, and now you see what's the clock, and you see all the notifications, you're using the same part of the brain when you're visualized too. The brain simply does not know what what's real or not. So when you say to yourself, I am good. Oh my God, I can do this. Look, I'm pretty good at this. I made something good. My day is going to be great. What you're doing is creating your own reality. You're putting words and energy that you created from your heart into your subconscious mind. And we all know, but in case for those who don't know, is that we use 10% of our conscious mind, the ones that we are using now to be aware of what we see, what we feel, what we hear, but 90%, the rest of the brain is the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is what drives you and keeps you going. That is where all your deepest values, deepest desires, deepest passion is, your subconscious. You feed your subconscious, your brain is wiring you to proceed, to walk that path. The 10% is just simply you knowing what to do, or at least seeing and be aware of what you do. But your subconscious mind is your driving force. It's simply your engine. Your 10% is your car. 
the car itself, your subconscious mind is the engine. So when you choose your words carefully and you repeat them over and over and over again until it becomes something called a habit, you're rewiring and reprogramming your mind to follow your orders and let your body and your mind do the rest. So when I, back in 2017, said to myself and visualized that I'm going to be the professional soccer player by the end of August, is what happened. I kept feeding myself over and over again. Not that I just feed with the words, I put in the action. I am going to be the most hardworking player on the pitch because once I do that, I know I'll get the contract. Just that sentence right there, repeated over and over and over again to me every single day before I go to sleep, when I wake up, during the day, early in the morning, later in the evening, always in that mind. But you see, you can't do anything without you putting in the action into it. So your words are now kind of the ignition, but you have to put in the action. So to answer your question, like how, how I managed to become pro, is I did the fundamentals, obviously, to work hard at practice, do what's needed to be done, be dedicated, be on time, ask questions, do the little extra that will create the long picture in the end. But nothing starts until you choose to win. I chose that by the end of August, I'll become pro in my head. But my actions were now having the responsibility of getting that reality. But once you have your subconscious mind connected to your body, and your actions, Daniela, you were, then you're speaking about something truly dangerous. Then you cannot stop a person like that. You cannot stop a person who knows where they're going and what they want. Wow. <laughs> your words resonated with me so much, so deeply. Using the power of subconscious mind, let it be the driving force to help you accomplish your goals, your dreams, the power of visualization, all of that combined, and you become unstoppable. What an incredible message. And I'm so glad that you have had this experience for yourself, that you were able to manifest all of this into your life. Because I believe that with your thoughts, with your intentions, with your action, you attracted all of this into your life. And I also do believe that others can do the same. But it doesn't come easy and it takes incredible amount of persistence and follow through. I'm curious. So as you were talking about how much you study the human mind, what were some of the books or people who have influenced you the most and who have helped you and paint the picture and, and come to some of these conclusions? Oh, oh my God. We're, oh, we're talking about years now of research that I have. So... You know what? I have read books, but I also listen to interviews. And to be quite honest, I've actually learned more about from interviews of winners, known winners around the world than actual books. But books itself is 
gift that we have in this life. Like books are something incredible. Now I'll start off with the interviews first, which leads me to rather talking about specific persons. Now I have my idols. Now my idols doesn't necessarily have to be the same idols other people has for the ones who are listening, but it doesn't matter who it is just for you to know who you look up to and listen to what that person are saying about what they did to get where they are. The ones I listen to, who I truly taken time in studying their process, their commitment, their methods, their mindset, the details, especially the details in terms of building from starting from the bottom and creating an empire that they did. And as examples, like I said, Michael Jordan is my number one of them all. Because not only did he do what he did on the basketball court, but what he did outside the basketball court, the impact he had around the world, not just in sports, but culturally as well. He became an icon. He became a fashion cultural icon. People used him as an association with greatness. So I listened to his interviews, listened to what he said, what made him great. Now, you don't need to always look at sportsmen. I am a huge lover of music. And in music, we're talking about creativity that is, in my honest, I, I sometimes lose my mind how some of the greatest musicians we have in our lifetime and throughout thousands of years the creativity they had to create music that is remembered for years and years and years. You can go all the way from the classical music, you have Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, Tchaikovsky, you, you absolutely name it. We're talking about music that is so profound, that is so... You see, music is something you just simply cannot explain. It's just something you have to feel. But the details we see were how they created each song. Like, for instance, my favorite artist of all time, in my opinion, so you know, subjectively, is Michael Jackson. Talking about, in my opinion, the greatest entertainer of all time, creating hits upon hits, but how each hit was different from the other. And how he used dance and creating not just concert, but creating shows. But once you listen to him on the interviews, how he created each song, the process of it, it blows your mind away. And also to mention film directors, art, movie actors, business people, each of them has something that makes them unique. But you see, you can use wherever that is in this world from a music point of view, movie point of view, business point of view, sports points of view, so all the people who are in those areas, you can learn something from everyone. I have learned my predator mentality simply by animals. I have learned to be patient like the tiger, like the spider. I learned to be consistent 
like eagles in flying. I've learned, excuse my language, but I've learned to not give a fuck like sharks do. <laughs> like sharks. Please feel free to speak freely. Yeah. <laughs> no, but sharks absolutely don't give a shit what's in front of him. He will go after what he wants. He does not care. And so with the rest of the animals, predators in general, you can learn from everything and everyone. There's knowledge wherever you go. I seek wisdom and knowledge from nature. I find solitude more at my best when I'm outside in the woods. I learn to stay calm and silent like the trees. I learn to control my emotions and my reactions by being close to waves. When waves create huge splashes and huge sounds, I learn to stay more calm when there are storms coming because now it's just ruining everything around you, creating storm upon storm, rain, wind, whatever, thunder. Each aspect of the nature has something to teach you. Night teaches me that, okay, you have a darkness time period in your life. It is dark. It is uncomfortable. But the sunrise is coming. The sun, the good times are coming back. But the sun and the good times are going to last. But you will have dark times again. The moon is you. Because what makes the moon shine in the evening? It's the sun. The sun is not visible in front of you when you see up in the sky, but it's in your head. That's why the moon shines when it's dark. We cannot see the sun, but if you think about the sun and the good times, that's when you shine. You can use everything around you as inspiration. From the book's point of view, I have three books that I by far have learned. I cannot put in the, the words how much I gained from just three books. And I'll start off by number one and also to give credit right now as I speak to one of my mental coaches, which is Tim Grover and his book, The Relentless System, or From Good to Unstoppable. That's my number one book that is by far that I've been really got something out of it. The second book is a book called Think and Grow Rich. It is a book that almost every entrepreneur in this world who are among the successful ones has read by Napoleon Hill. It creates the formula of the mindset what you need to have to gain the abundance of riches that you want. And has helped me using his teachings in the book to implement in my life. Now, I'm not a business guy, but the principles are still valued to use in my life and what I do. And the third one 
which actually gave me goosebumps the first time I read it, is a book by one of the, probably one of the most successful military generals of all time. And the goal is the book is called The Art of War, written by Sun Tzu. It's the oldest military tactics book ever written. And one of the most profound, famous quotes that we have learned today is from that book. Because one of his teachings in the book is one of my fundamentals in winning. And the one thing that has led me to win so much in my life is a quote that Sun Tzu wrote in the book, and it goes like this. I'll choose one, but you see there's plenty of them. But just one quote that can summon up his own book, his whole book, and in winning in general is, every battle is won before it's fought. For some, it can be very unclear, like, how is that possible? You haven't won physically. But that's, can that, this brings me back to what I talked about, the subconscious mind. Because when you tell yourself over and over again, I am going to win this, we are going to win the war, your subconscious is put, in, is put into work. Now you're, as now you're turned on your engine. That's how Sun Tzu won his wars. So you see, I had these three books that's really implemented my life in such huge and profound ways. But then again, when it comes to knowing your true power from within, I have to mention the, my number one book that my own mental coach, which I give my credit to right now to him, is by Tim Grover called Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable. But you see, I still have a whole life yet to learn. And there are more books that I know that I'm going to read. There's a book that I'm going to read soon by the coach, by the former Chicago Bulls, Phil Jackson, who was a reason, who was a change in the team when they started winning the championships. And he has a book called 11 Rings. And in the book, he discusses everything what he did during his time at the Chicago Bulls, how he managed to get the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, to think about the team, to go as a unit. So there's so many books, there's so many people you can study. You can study, you can find knowledge from everything and everyone. It all depends on how you look at it. The plane doesn't take with the wind. It takes up against the wind. There we have another one. The, the trees grows in silence. You never hear them grow. One day you see them this tall, but one month later it's several feet tall. It is growing and getting better by simply keeping itself silent, working behind the scenes because when is the tree at its loudest when the tree is cut down
Wow. What I found extremely profound is how much you learn from nature, how much you learn from some of the greatest geniuses in our history, and what you have observed from animals, from nature overall. I love the books that you shared. These are some wonderful recommendations. And I know um, we've been here for, for a bit amount of time, so I want to make sure I'm respectful of your time today. But if you agree, I would love to bring you for a part two, because I think you have so much to share and we're all learning so much from you right now. So if you do agree, I'd love to continue this conversation, especially today. There are many things that you're doing and you're applying from a mindset approach to deal with the situation that we have today. And I think this is also a great opportunity for people to learn from you, right? How do we apply this mental resilience, this toughness in today's world? So if you do agree, I'd love to have you on again. You know what? I do agree. I would love to because I now gave you now the core foundation fundamentals, as I would say, to how I got myself started. And then we can now proceed into the mindset that this episode is all about is like you've written hunt or be hunted. And with all this knowledge that I provided, I'll be more than happy to now provide what made me win in these times now as a competitor and my mindset now as a predator and how I used everything I learned from the animals and from the nature and everything and how I chose now to hunt and not be hunted by the rest. I'd love that. I'd love to continue this conversation. Miranda, this has been absolutely incredible. Um, before we close out today, do you have any parting thoughts before we do the part two? <laughs> uh, anything you'd like to share? The only thing I would love to share is that for all of you who has listened to me so far, I thank you with all my heart. I sincerely mean this. You have no idea how much it means to me that I got this opportunity and that there are actually are people who are willing to take their time to take this. This may be something that you heard many times people say before, but these, my words, are straight from my heart. And I would be beyond honored if people are interested in hearing the part two of our conversation. So thank you all. And I'm already excited. Thank you so much, Miran. And I have learned so much from this conversation. And I believe that many, and I'd be very honored to have you back here again. Before we let you go, where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? They can contact me on Facebook. They can just enter Miran Serdarevich, both in Facebook or Instagram. You are free to message me whenever you want. I'll get back to you straight away when I have the time. And I'll make myself available if there are people who will ask me something and would talk to me about anything. I am open. I'm all about the people around me. Excellent. This was such a wonderful interview and such a wonderful conversation. Miran, thank you so much for sharing the biggest wisdom from your life. And I can tell there is a very bright future for you. And I can't wait to see what life has 
in store for you. The honor is mine, Daniela. It is absolutely. And I'll do my absolute best. The future is not guaranteed, but at least I'm in control of what I can do right now. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you for spending some time with me and most of all, for investing time in yourself. If you found value in this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our episodes. This will greatly help us spread the word and help others find it more easily. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Denny Timras. Shoot me a note and let me know what you thought of today's conversation. I always welcome any feedback or questions. Remember, now that you're here, you're part of a tribe. In this tribe, we care for each other. We lift each other up as well as share the raw, honest, unpolished truth that we often need to hear. So before you go, think about the next best action you can take to get you on your path to success. Don't wait for tomorrow. Make a commitment and do it now. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a great day.